Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It is another edition of Philly Stam, your host, James Seltzer. It is Tuesday, March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day as we uh, continue into the abyss, as it were, as this uh, long period coming up here without baseball. We will try our best to discuss as many interesting and relevant baseball-related things as we can, obviously. Spent the last couple shows talking about the current crisis we are facing. I'm sure that'll come up again and again as more information comes out about when the season will start and how long this will take. And obviously the most recent news that it could be into July or longer, who knows. But um, for the time being, um, I want to try and offer a reprieve a um an opportunity for people to if they want to hear some baseball talk and find a way to get away from some of the um darker realities of what we're dealing with right now and again no matter what we do here it is obviously all with the caveat of of the frivolity of it is is recognized and um it is not to you know try and um, not realize that there are far, 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 far more important things to be talking about right now. But this is a baseball podcast. But this is a Phillies show. It is a baseball show. And I will do my best to, again, while while still integrating the current important discussion topics that need to be talked about, um, I'll do my best to Focus on what we do here, and for people who are interested in getting away from um, or finding a um, an escape from the harsh realities of, of what we're dealing with right now, the um, far more important things going on right now, that um, this can be a potential reprieve for some people who want to focus on baseball even for 30 minutes or, or something else that, that gets them away from it. I, I I'm there for that, and I hope that I can help with that. And again, um, it is all with the caveat that I understand that whatever we're talking about here is far less important than other things going on in the world, but we will do our best. And with that in mind, um, again, the last couple of shows have been 
um, focused on what's going on with the current crisis and how it relates to Major League Baseball, when we will see Major League Baseball again, what it means to not have baseball in our lives. And, um, you know, feel free to go back and listen to those shows uh, if you are looking for that. But for now, let's let's try and talk a little baseball and um, provide, like I said, some sort of respite for people who are looking for it. So um, prior to, you know, the the um, gravity of, of what we've talked about the last few days prior to it getting as serious as it's gotten, we had talked a little bit about where the Phillies were heading into the season, talking about Joe Girardi and the impact that he has from a, a coaching perspective and the, the staff he's brought with him and really how important that is with Brian Price and Joe Dillon and just the, the impact that coaching staff will have. We've talked about the lineup and the optimism with those two things. Really the, the reason you feel good about the Phillies whenever the season is going to start is Joe Girardi, the coaching staff, and the lineup, and especially you know with the chance for Andrew McCutcheon to get healthy and, and all that type of stuff now. Um, but obviously a little bit more pessimism when we talk about the starting staff and the bullpen and then the injury to Sir Anthony Dominguez, which, uh, you know, again, is, I think, a front office, a Phillies front office that I've not been very positive about the last year plus. Um, I think if you want to look at the mistakes they made, and there were many heading into this season, I, I think the biggest one very likely is is not having any sort of backup plan and relying so heavily on someone who it was so clear was probably not going to be able to contribute. You know, someone who, in Sir Anthony Dominguez, um, you know, again, uh, with that injury, you, you usually need Tommy John surgery, almost always. Um, and instead of getting it, he did the rehab, and I'm not going to blame him for wanting to do that. I'm not going to blame James Andrews for saying he could try and do that. I'm not going to blame the organization for allowing him to do that but i will blame the organization for not having a backup plan there for not saying all right this is what the player wants to do this is the recommendation we will roll with this but let's be prepared for the likely scenario that this won't work out as it looks like it hasn't and again we don't have all the information but it certainly seems like sir anthony Dominguez is going to have to get tommy john surgery and that um, will be lost for the next 12 to 18 months and certainly not a factor this season whenever the season starts for the Phillies. So um, I wanted to look today with all that in mind at just the general state of the Phillies and then, um, you know, and again, kind of a macro look after diving in a little more micro at each of those facets. Um, from a, a macro state of the Phillies perspective, we'll get to John Middleton and the luxury tax a little bit later, but first... I do want to reiterate what I talked about last week, and I'm sure it's been lost about in kind of the shuffle of everything that's happened, but I do genuinely think that bringing Joe Girardi here, that the staff that he's brought with him, Brian Price, Joe Dillon, that group of guys, is going to make a difference. I I can't diminish that when we talk about the state of the Phillies. I think from a culture perspective, from a professionalism perspective, that it is really going to change this team top to bottom, that they will play a brand of baseball that is far more um, professional, again, for lack of a better word, far more, um, far fewer mistakes, far fewer, um, you know, lack of, of uh, belief in this team on a night-to-night basis. I think we'll watch this team play whenever they start playing baseball again and say, all right, 
these guys go about the business the right way. You know, they're not making mistakes on the base paths or in the field or at the plate. Look, everyone makes errors. Everything happens, you know. But um, I think this is a team that's going to to play baseball the right way, and they're going to play with a um, a toughness and a attention to detail that we haven't seen the last few seasons. Just point blank, I, I think that. Girardi will bring that. Girardi alone brings that. Um, again, I've used the phrase a few times, and I think it's a good one for it, is that he demands professionalism. Um, They're not going to play stupid baseball. We're not going to see these same mistakes we've seen the last few years. We're not going to have a manager who really doesn't demand them. Again, uh, to going back to the Gabe Kaplan thing, I mean, there's a guy who said, um, I don't need them to have alarm clocks when he first started. You know, They'll, they'll get up when they get up. I mean... You know, that should have been a sign for all of us, but that that's the kind of stuff that won't happen with Girardi. If people are late, if people don't run out balls, if there's not hustle, there will be repercussions for that. There will be, um, you know, that, that won't fly without players knowing that they're not going to get away with that. And I do think that's incredibly important. Continuing with the macro, look, I do think, as we talked about in a, a deeper sense, the lineup, I think it's something you feel really good about. Uh, you know, I think, especially considering that um, and again, no one is happy about the delay for the season, the reason for the delay, obviously. But I do think that, you know, if you do want to try and find a silver lining f- from strictly a baseball sense, there are no silver linings from a, a real-life sense. But from a baseball sense, the fact that Andrew McCutcheon will have more time to heal and more time to get ready for the season is is a good thing for the Phillies. You know, I think that when the season finally starts, there's a chance that Andrew McCutcheon's just ready to roll out there and ready to play baseball. And... That makes this lineup infinitely better. You know, again, you need McCutcheon to be McCutcheon. Don't get me wrong. You need him to be the guy we know him to be. But, you know, if he's healthy and ready to go, putting him at the top of the lineup, all of a sudden it's a a real dynamic lineup that this team has. Especially, God, if if you can get McCutcheon to start the season, if you can get Reese Hoskins to get back to being some semblance of the guy we knew him to be for the majority of his career until the second half of last season – all of a sudden, this lineup's dangerous. It's a lineup that can compete on a night-to-night basis with just about anyone. And then if McCutcheon's in that starting lineup, I mean, you think about the depth that they have with Jay Bruce coming off the bench and then Logan Forsyth and Josh Harrison and the Hazley at Roman Quinn, whichever those guys on the bench. And then, and then again, as I was talking about in yesterday's show, the idea that, that who knows what could happen with if it's a shorter season, that the service time issues, maybe Alec Baum is, is with them to begin. And then all of a sudden, maybe you have Kingery in center field and you have Hazley and Quinn, these guys off the bench. I mean, all of a sudden you're talking about a lineup that's deep, a lineup that on a night-to-night basis has the chance to really play the matchups and really compete. And again, I like the way it's put together. I mean, Logan Forsyth and Jay Bruce alone as bench bats. I mean, those are guys who you put Jay Bruce up against a righty, you put Logan Forsyth up against a lefty. You feel really good with either of those guys in any sort of spot. I think that's important. And um, I think that, again, and if Alec Bohm, Bohm is someone who I think is going to hit immediately. I think that clearly he's got some defensive deficiencies that are going to be an issue. But... Man, that kid can hit, and I think he's going to hit no matter what. You know, at any level, I think he's going to be ready to hit. I think he's ready to hit in the majors right now. 
I mean, you add that bat to this group, uh, all of a sudden, I mean, this is a, a top-tier type of lineup in the National League, especially considering that, as I've been saying for a while, I think we're going to see a MVP-type season for Bryce Harper. I think he's going to be an absolute monster for this team, both offensively and defensively and on the bases and just effort-wise and as a leader and all that. I think Harper's just going to bring it. But just from a lineup perspective, man, um, it's a good team. It's a very, very good team offensively, a team that's going to be able to slug their way to some wins. And I think that's something to be excited about when you look at this group of guys once the season gets going, especially, again, if McCutcheon's there and boom, I mean, the depth and quality of talent is 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 high. It's a good group. They're going to be able to score runs. And with Girardi and Dylan kind of shepherding them, I mean, I feel really, really good about it. Like... Can compete with almost any team in the National League type of lineup. They're not the Dodgers, but pretty much anyone else. Legitimately, they're they're right there with pretty much everyone else in the National League from an offensive perspective, and that's incredibly exciting. That's a, a lineup that you can get excited about. It's something to look forward to whenever baseball does return. So that is a real positive. And I think it's something that you should be excited about. Um, and again, get back to the macro. I think the issue is the pitching and I do feel good about Wheeler and Nola. And again, everything's kind of up in the air with how these guys ratchet it back up. You know, you worry a little bit about Jake Arietta. Arietta in that last spring training start before games were halted, leaves the mound with shoulder stiffness, claim that it's not a big deal, but look, Arietta's at that age and, um, you know, as, as at that time in his career where anything like that should be a red flag, it should be concerning. And then on top of that, it's not like we have a ton of faith in Arietta to begin with. I am excited about Brian Price and what he can do with this staff. I do think that is not something to be taken lightly, especially when you look at the way these pitchers have talked about Chris Young since he left. I mean, oh my goodness. They have completely and totally thrown that guy under the bus. And that's fine. I think that's, I get it. Look, I'm all for it, uh, you know, but um, I, I do think that Brian Bryce, as a result, is going to to make a massive difference. I think he's someone who can come in and really be a catalyst for change here, especially if those guys felt that way about Chris Young. It feels like, you know, someone like Price, who has the pedigree, as not just as a pitching coach, was a manager in the bigs, someone who has a real long track record of, of success at the major league level, I think that's someone who comes in with a bit of pedigree. A bit of clout. You know, these pitchers, especially coming off Chris Young, are going to be willing to listen to Brian Price. Going to give him a chance to help kind of shape them and push them in the right directions. And if they're going to listen to that guy, then, you know, who knows what the upside is for the starting staff. Again, you know, Nick Pavetta, a perfect example of someone who two years ago had such talent and such upside. We felt so excited about what that guy could do. And then last season, just a, a disastrous season sent to the minors, just unable to put it together. And, Pavetta himself has come out and kind of thrown that on Chris Youngwarden himself, which worries me because it doesn't seem like Pavetta is someone who, you know, is willing to kind of take his own responsibility in this enough where, you know, I, I it bothers me. I want to see him take that responsibility. But you do hope that Brian Price could, could do something with him, that that's the type of person who Brian Price can make a difference with. And then potentially Zach Eflin, maybe he can kind of get him straight where we don't see those – poor stretches and we just see the good Eflin for as long as as we hopefully can and then you think about Spencer Howard I talked about this yesterday too but the idea of Spencer Howard coming up as someone who has real innings limits issues and all that type of stuff if we're going to be talking about an 80 game season or a 90 game season or a 100 game season all of a sudden Spencer Howard 
really has the potential to contribute at a much higher level than you would have expected. You know, someone who all of a sudden can maybe be a part of the team all season long or or at least for the majority of a, a quote-unquote season, whatever that is, all of a sudden, you know, you can start to feel much more optimistic. Again, I'm not going to go so far as to say super positive about this this starting rotation, but you can start to feel somewhat optimistic. And you know, a, a, a Nola Wheeler... Howard trio is solid. You know, that's something that you can potentially get a little excited about. And I think Spencer Howard is going to be really good from the jump. I think that guy comes up and is an immediate impact pitcher. I think he's one of the best pitchers on the team already. The moment he steps on the field. So when you look at that and you look at the lineup, all of a sudden you're starting to feel a little optimism, especially as I talked about in a 90, 80, 90, 100 game season where the, the playing field is leveled a little bit. You know, the, 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 as I talked about yesterday, the thing that makes the Dodgers so good is that deep, deep, deep depth that they have, that they have so many guys they can kind of continue to throw at you and really bear and withstand the rigors of a long 162 game season that's not necessarily needed in the way this season might shake out so um i think there's some upside for the staff Eflin, pavetta if, if price can work with those guys and get a little more out of them i don't know i i think that when you really look at it from a macro standpoint i think the bullpen is the the by far the biggest worry for this team. Again, I, you know, as we talked about a few days ago when we talked about it, I feel good about Neris. That's it. You know, I don't feel bad about Alvarez. I don't feel bad about Adam Morgan, but I don't feel amazing about those guys. And that's it. I mean, we're talking about Blake Parker and Francisco Liriano and Bud Norris and Anthony Swarzak. I mean, who knows? Could these guys contribute and could one or two of them make a difference? Sure. You don't feel good about that happening. You don't feel positive about that happening. And granted, to be fair, as we saw last season, bullpen is the spot where it is potentially easiest to to mix and match throughout the season and make minor moves to kind of carry a team through. So, um, you know, it, it is maybe the easiest spot where you could say, oh, they'll figure it out. You know, they did an okay job doing that last year. The Mike Morans, the Mike Barkers, the Jared Hughes, the... You know, they got through it, but man, you don't feel good. And I do, and look, and, and that's for saying that I think Hector Neris might be the most underrated player on the team. I mean, Hector Neris is a damn good pitcher. He'll be their closer, as Girardi has said. Damn good pitcher, underrated pitcher. Hector Neris is a good player. But man, for a team that, that's coming into this season, shouldering the burden of really having to make the playoffs from an organizational perspective. Certainly the chance that Matt Klintag's job is on the line, and we'll, over the next couple days, get into that a little bit more, too, the idea of, of is Klintag's job on the line, should it be on the line, and, and what that means. Like, should you almost be rooting for him to lose his job, as I have not been a, a proponent of Matt Klintag, as you guys know. Um, but um, I do think that that in this situation, you know, that, that – a team coming in with this type of expectation, this type of situation, I think that you know it's worrisome that they did so little to make the bullpen something you can feel confident about, especially such an important facet of the team. They did absolutely nothing other than these real 
below the radar, under the line type moves that you just don't feel great about. You know, you don't. How could you? So, look, I think that, and again, I talked about this yesterday. I do think that the potential for a shortened season is something that could help the Phillies. Um, I think it could even things out a little bit, kind of. Um, again, there's so many variables that the variance is so much higher in a shortened season where, again, a team that maybe shouldn't compete can because depth isn't quite as important because, you know, again, a guy like Spencer Howard can maybe come up and make a bigger impact. Alec Bohm can make a bigger impact. So I, I think it helps the Phillies, but I just think that bullpen, especially the Sir Anthony decision, the decision to go into the season with Sir Anthony Dominguez being such an important part of your team, knowing, knowing, as any baseball fan is, if you want to go back and listen to Phillies Today shows last year and hear me railing about Sir Anthony not getting the surgery and how I felt zero confidence that he would be able to ever come back until he did get the surgery, I mean, to, to go in with that much confidence in that guy is, is a real mistake, a massive mistake by the Phillies, and it is not to be undersold. So that is frustrating and, you know, again, not something you can feel great about. But at the same time, I do think that with the variance, with the way this season is shaking out, there is some potential. I, I do think that, and we'll get into this more over the next few days when we talk about Clentag and all that, but I do think um, with Middleton and I think one of the biggest stories of the offseason that we really haven't talked at all about, if we're talking about the Phillies from a macro, macro perspective, is the whole luxury tax thing, that, that this team – didn't want to go over the luxury tax. And that became very clear by the fact that they did not go over the luxury tax. And the bullpen's a perfect example. There were a lot of really good arms out there. You know, the Chris Martin type guys, the world who were there to be had for six, seven, eight, nine million dollars a year um, that they just were out on. And they were not involved because they didn't want to go over the luxury tax. And they didn't. They're right under it. And Andy McPhail came out before the season or, you know, during spring training and said, oh, you know, we'll go over the luxury tax if it makes sense for us. If at the deadline he said, we expect to go over the luxury tax is what he said. But it's like, what's the point of waiting until the trade deadline when you could have someone for an extra 90 games? And now obviously that that is all changed. And, you know, their season could just be 90 game period at this point. But I just I haven't. Love the way the organization is handled. The luxury tax, this whole situation with paying players. That it seems like they're, you know, kind of a couple toes in, but not fully in on this team. And especially when you look at the luxury tax. And I know that they don't want to start their clocks. It is punitive from year to year to year. But again, the, the amount that you have to pay is a is 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 nickels for a billionaire. It's it's nothing. It is such a meaningless amount. Um, I think it's three million if they go over luxury tax this year. You know, so um, it's been disappointing. Uh, I, I think it has been. Look, and I love the Zach Wheeler signing. I love the Didi Gregorius signing. But this was a team that had put themselves in a spot with too many holes, too many holes to knock over the luxury tax. And you know, that's the fault of Matt Klentak. That's the fault of not having a farm system where you have a bunch of guys who you can fill in at, at cheap contracts where. You know, again, this is a team that was bad for years. We haven't made the playoffs. This will be nine years potentially this year. A team that was the worst team in baseball for multiple years here. One of the five worst and was the worst a couple years ago. And they come out of it without these assets. You know, without these young, cheap assets that can help carry them into the future. And that's that's the problem. 
That's why they're in this situation. And for them not to be willing to, to spend to go all in for a team that right now has a lot of guys that are in a window. I mean, Bryce Harper is in the prime of his career right now. He's entering the prime. JT Ramuto, prime of his career, which you traded your top prospect in the organization for. You know, you've got these guys who are built to win right now. And as an organization, you've really promised your fan base that you're ready to win right now. I mean, that last year we expected them to win. They win 81 and 81. There has been a, a accepted understanding between the team and their fans that this is it. It's go time. We are going to, to compete right now, and they just haven't done enough to truly compete. And, and again, granted, I think that the way this played out could help them compete even more with a lot of variance. And I mean, it could screw them too because they could get off their bad start and then it's too big a hole to climb out of. But in theory, you know, without the depth that they have and whatnot, that, um, you know, they could, but they, they just didn't do enough. They wouldn't pay the tax, and I think that that's something that's going to come back to bite them. And, and the whole concept of waiting till the trade deadline, and again, things have changed since then, but the, but prior, the, we'll wait till the trade deadline, then go over the tax seems silly to me. Like, do I want them to go over the tax? Yes. Do I want them to not do it for 90 extra games? No, it made no sense. But um, on the whole, and again, we'll dive more into this tax stuff and and the clan tax stuff in the next few days because there is a lot of meat on that bone in terms of discussing it but um i think that one and again we're a ways away from baseball but when we start to get there when the season comes i do think this will be a fun team to watch i think the lineup will compete i think you know zach wheeler is going to be super fun to watch actually a starter who throws 98 to 100 wow what a novel concept is going to be fun but i think fundamentally the season will end not where we wanted to because they weren't quite willing to commit, to fully commit. And I think that they've told their fan base that that's where they're at and they haven't backed that up quite enough. And that's what frustrates me. But you know what? We'll dive more into that over the next couple of days. I think there is a lot to talk about when it comes to Clentac, when it comes to what we want from this team, when it comes to, to paying the tax and kind of where they are from a financial perspective as it relates to the roster. There's so much more so. There'll be more of that to come. Ultimately, I do think that when baseball actually starts a few months from now, whenever it is, this will be a fun team to watch. And I think they have a real chance to make the playoffs, but they're just a little bit short from being where we want them or need them to be right now. And and that part is frustrating. So we'll dive into that more. So much to talk about as we you know, grind through the next tough time without sports. We'll continue to talk about this type of stuff and break down the team and, and do our best to get through this together so until tomorrow thank you for listening to another edition of phillies today right here on the phillies 24 7 network celebrate and save at ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys your choice of color starting at just 3.99 ashley sleep mattresses starting at 250 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like stearns and foster temper pedic purple and beauty rest black with 60 month special financing only at ashley subject to credit approval no minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details